seen the Thanos car? Yes. <laughs> like multiple times. It's a there car. It looks like Thanos. It's just purple. There is nothing to understand. So it's Thanos' car. He has these like chin balls. And... <laughs> well, well, this is Stank. Chin balls. We need an intro. Are the chin balls Stank? <laughs> the chin balls always Stank. Well, what's that movie with Hugh Jackman where he literally has balls on his chin? Every movie? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? It was. It's one of like the movies with the different like. It's a uh, movie, movie forty three or something really dumb like that. Mm, with uh, Anne Hathaway's in it. Mm-hmm. No, like, he, he plays a character with literal balls yeah, on his chin. It's, the movie is widely regarded to be one of the worst movies of all time. Are they like supposed so to be like bad. testicles? Yes. Yeah. It's literally. <laughs> it's like picture it's like a bunch of testicles. it's a bunch of short stories about romance. They're it's so awful. bad. That sounds like a huge like, like a all around movie. Fifty First Dates isn't that another one of those movie? Fifty mm. First Dates is no. great. No, no, not that it's a bad, but is that you mean like where it's chopped multiple up? stories? And was stuff? it? No. Was no, it Fifty First Dates is about amnesia. Oh. Cloud Atlas is about multiple stories. Cloud Atlas is sad. Uh, there's a couple of them. Is it P.S. I Love You? A couple different lines. P.S. I think so. P.S. Welcome to the Rod Squad, the internet's freshest Twilight Zone podcast. Sorry, that was like the best transition I've ever done. Um, where? Six. College students <laughs> uh, take you through the cult classic anthology show, The Twilight Zone. We're back to doing The Twilight Zone. We did some Black Mirror. We did some wrestling. That'll be up soon. Oh, yes. <laughs> we even did some... Family stuff. My sibling. <laughs> family family stuff. But we're here. We're passing around a picture of Hugh Jackman with balls on his chin. Wait, I need to see. It's it's disgusting. I need to so see he literally has balls on his chin. I wasn't joking about this. It's a real yeah, thing. It's, it's a real. It's a real movie. movie. I thought Hugh Jackman was supposed to be a good actor. No, uh, he is a good actor. Oh, he's phenomenal. I love him. He has balls on his neck, though. I'm eating waffles. It's a good night. Um, I feel so far away. Like this, it's good, know. dude. You can pull that chair that's next to you. And I mean, the microphone's gonna catch you no matter what. Yeah. As always, I'm your hostess with the mostess, the sexy man himself, Ben. And I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts, Ashley, Tabitha, Jamie, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff. No. My name is Jeff. No, if we're gonna do Jeff, we all have to be Jeff. No, <laughs> we're not Jeff. doing Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Scotty Flamingo. Nice. <laughs> was that um? Was that Raven's character? That was Raven, pre-Raven. And like, the Raven, Raven that you met, Raven. The Raven I met, Raven. <laughs> oh, boy, you're so Scotty Flamingo. Scotty Flamingo. That's a really cool name. <laughs> <laughs> um. Guys, I put a meme specifically for you two in the last episode. Did you listen to it? I listened to, like, a little bit of it, and then I got bored. Or, not I got bored, I had to go to class. <laughs> I do download every episode. But yeah. I, don't listen. I, I literally, I turned it on the episode at, like, 12.55, and I had class at 1.10, so... Sure you did, buddy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I didn't have the episode out at 12.55. Yes, you did. I did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I listened to it. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I put in a, I put in a Charles Styles edit, but it was Eminem's My Name Is, and at the end he goes, <laughs> oh, he goes, hi, I my name is Charles Styles from Mystery Night. I just started listening to the podcast. Yeah, so <laughs> I put it in the start now? Yeah. <laughs> no, right now. 
I put in a name just for you guys. Oh, my name Jeff. Um, <laughs> you're gonna have to explain that. I don't think people even know where that's from. No, 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 you no. can't explain it. It's just a meme. It's from Twenty One Jump Street. You can it's definitely explain Jump Street. It. It's from a movie. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, I'm sorry. There's nothing to get. It's though. not funny. <laughs> Well, according to the podcast, it is. His name's Connor. It know. says Connor. That's incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I know Connor Jeff from Jeopardy. Oh, Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Well, Jeopardy is a play it's... on the 22 Jump Street. Mm. Yeah, so. It all comes full Jeff circle. Or Jerkle, for sure. Circle Jeff? It's been about two weeks since we recorded the last episode, which is up as we speak. How has everyone's two weeks been? I'm dead inside. Yeah, I'm having a I'm having a rough semester so far. I'm a busy boy. I had not a fun night last night. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, talk about it. Ash. Uh, so um, two days ago, Ben dropped a glass in the kitchen. Are you really blaming this on me? No, no, no. I just want them to not to be like thinking that just like glass around your apartment. Yeah, we just when we got <laughs> <had, laughs> when we moved in, we just like. Sprinkled a bunch of broken glass <laughs> on the floor. Yeah, Our apartment looks like uh, the Saw 2, just the whole movie. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty bad. Right Except now. there are balls hanging on the wall. Corey's <laughs> balls are back. Corey's balls are back. It's all on the wall. All you need are my balls. <laughs> but, um, so we cleaned it up, or so we thought, and yesterday I was walking to the kitchen and a giant piece of glass went into my foot. Tried to get it out, you know, like the Saw movies, you know, the epic theme, and there's blood everywhere, so we ended up going to the ER, where they had to... Urgent care. Urgent care, but ER is easier to... <laughs> ER for us poor folk. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, they had to pump it with, uh, what's it, anesthesia, not anesthesia. It was like a local anesthesia. Yeah, like yeah. Like Novocaine or something. Well, not Novocaine, but... But it numbed my whole that. foot, and they had to, like... Again, four steps. Yeah, I don't want to go too deep in there, but they they, they were. <laughs> they went they deep. Went deep. <laughs> hey, yo, <laughs> listen. Yeah, but I held her hand on the time. And I'm wrapped and in pain. There's your romantic moment of the night. Actually, like her foot must be a magnet for glass because yeah, we, all, like all of us were in and out of that well, kitchen since it happened. <laughs> I stepped on a piece of glass in here earlier, and it went right in my foot. So today, I yeah. did. Yeah, she did too. Well, that's where when Connor dropped the plate because it was bouncing no, on a soda can. That was me, to be fair. <laughs> I bumped it. I, so, the notion that a so plate take, bounces on a soda yeah, can. I do yeah, it at yeah, home all the time and I've never broken a plate. The laws of physics at university <laughs> is different than at home. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. So that was Ashley's story. Anything else happened? Anything Twilight zone it rained today. That's probably the spooky. <laughs> I, I literally did band in the rain today, and it was not fun. Yeah, actually, it was pretty fun, but it was also not fun. Uh, I am the WCW light heavyweight champion. Mm. Good mm. for you. Yeah, dude. How does it feel that the company's been defunct for almost twenty years now, and you still got the belt? I don't like to talk about it. But <laughs> <laughs> They've been paying your bills. I mean, they <laughs> never they never really asked for it back, so let's all just keep it. Speaking of not want to talk about it. All in happened. That was very Twilight Zone. That's what that was called. I was trying to talk to Dr. Garcia about that. Yeah, we watched a wrestling show, like an indie wrestling show. Watched in quotes. It blew. We did one match. I think we got through two. Did we? We got through. We got through the Battle Royal and then one. 
And then the racists versus the non-racists. Oh, yeah, the, oh, no, the, then we did three the counting the pre-show. And then we're like, we're going to do better things than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just too, like, oh, we're a meme. Literally. And man. that's what killed it. Yeah. It's like, it, it was literally like, what are we watching? This is like another universe right now. We have a new social media uh, specialist. Hi. Hi. It's, it's Jamie. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Yeah, so follow us on Twitter if you want at the Rod Squad twenty two, and the Tumblr is just the Rod Squad. Yep, I think so. Dot Tumblr dot com. I've been trying to post whenever we get new episodes up. Also, um, Tumblr's got some cool reblogs on it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll plug all that stuff again at the end of the show, but smash that like button. <laughs> Jamie's been killing it in social media, so we're. We're, we're becoming a business. I think we should file to be a non-profit. Yes, so. No. Who do we benefit, though? Me. Oh, we benefit me. Non-profits for you. Yeah. What would you do if you saw a hungry Ben? <laughs> Hopefully kick me. Just <laughs> <laughs> put me down. I do that enough. Well, speaking of putting poor old people down, hey, like Ben, tonight's episode is Nothing in the Dark. Um, this is a season three episode of The Twilight Zone. Uh, you can watch it on Netflix, Hulu, the box set Amazon, DVD. the box set DVD, which I have with me. But not uh, the, the Zikri book. Not the Zikri book. You can't watch the episodes in the Zikri book. Yeah, but I, it's the principle of having the Zikri <laughs> book. Um, if you read about it, you basically just watch the episode. It's also mm-hmm. online in places we don't know about or condone. But it's easily accessible. If you just Google it, it'll probably come up. No, no, there's no. You're gonna have to look for it a little harder. <laughs> We're gonna test this. Yeah, one I guess so. <laughs> Let's see. That's how I found the others. Like Encyclopedia Corea. Um. Yeah. So, if we were death, we would be a podcast. What? Joke doesn't make sense. It's been a rough week. <laughs> I was I was hoping you'd forget about Joke of the Week. Oh no, I didn't forget about it. He never forgets. I actually have written It's Been a Tough Week in my mm-hmm. notes, so. I get it. I got it. Um, <laughs> I got it. You got it? So you can but, but totally don't do that. Too. Yeah, no. Uh, we don't do that. Yeah. So you're um, recording the illegal site right now, wink wink. Yes, entirely. Uh, FCC, if you're listening. Uh, I was about to give our address out. Uh, 123 Fake Street. Uh, come on down. <laughs> come back with my thumb! 911, this better be good. I cut off my husband's thumb! Attempted murder? Y'all burn for this. Burn in jail! It was an accident! Yeah, yeah, save it for Dateline Tuesday. Uh, what's your address so I can come arrest you? Arrest me? Um, my address, it's, um, one, two, three, Fake Street. One, two, three, Fake Street. Got it. Rod, take us in. An old woman living in a nightmare. An old woman who has fought a thousand battles with death and always won. Now she's faced with a grim decision, whether or not to open a door. And in some strange and frightening way, she knows that this seemingly ordinary door leads to the Twilight Zone. We open up this episode with Wanda Dunn, a frail and elderly woman. Wait a second. 
her name really Wanda Dunn? Did we find her last name? Ooh, yes, Wanda Dunn. Huh. That's a little, you know, she's, when did they say she's her name? done for. She's Wanda. Ha ha ha, that's so funny. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, Wand. Wand magic. Uh, death. I don't know. Uh, I was trying to pull something else out. It means like what? Like instead of saying like Wanda, you'd say like Wanda. Wanda died. Wanda. Wanda. She's an elderly woman who's that English? Was that English? And she's huddled in her basement. Um, in a abandoned apartment building, uh, she is awoken, or I guess uh, regains some sort of consciousness after she hears. Uh, a young police officer by the name of Harold Belden shot, who uh, falls outside her door. Can we, can we just talk about how gorgeous he is? Oh my god! Like, this is like the police officer. Not ready for that. Yeah, Robert Redford is he's, he's got he was Wait, is that Robert Redford? Jeez. That is Robert Redford. Five. That's that is that is a daddy Robert Redford. He's pretty <laughs> hot. You he's so good looking. It hurts. Do you guys, I'm sure, have all of you seen Winter Soldier? Yes. Captain America Winter oh, Soldier? No, oh, I saw the so... no with my mommy. Well, more on this, more on this in Bob's Trophy, but Robert Redford plays, like, the head of fake S.H.I.E.L.D. Stop! That's him? Yeah, that's the same guy. I love him even more now. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> that is that is probably the best actor we've had on the Twilight Zone so oh, far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a legend. He's, um... No, I, I mean, I'll go into it more in Bob's Trophy. Uh, Gladys Cooper, too. World-famous, uh... Star during the 40s and 30s. She was like big deal. It's crazy they got her for the amount of Twilight Zones they did. He cries out that he is dying and pleads for her help, but she is afraid that he is the one, the only, Mr. Death. Mm. Uh, Mr. Jeff. I don't wanna I don't wanna step into your wrestling connection, Corey, so I won't go into various death-related wrestlers, but it's easy. Mr. Death definitely has been done before. I have a good one. You're gonna like it. I sure hope I do. You're gonna like it. Is it gonna be Benoit? No, it's not gonna be Benoit. That was the greatest serial killer. There's only there's only so many times we can go to that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, like I could do him or Kane like every time, but that's not funny. <laughs> Wrestling's a magical place yeah. for fairies and <laughs> wizards and men who do steroids and <laughs> kill their families. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she has no phone to call a doctor because she's a shrinking violet and uh, he continues begging her to help him because he was shot so she eventually lets him in she drags him in yeah, uh, she is relieved. she's just doing her best <laughs> honestly yeah. uh, she is relieved when she touches him and doesn't die which convinces her that he is you know a normal Joe Blow after all I thought what she was it wasn't that she touched him it was that she was outside and wasn't dying no, yeah. she said it after she touched him. Oh, yeah, okay. there's like there's multiple layers of her clear psychosis. <laughs> oh, or is it not? Explaining her reluctance to help him, she describes how you know what I'm gonna let her describe it. This is why she's afraid of death. There aren't any. They've all moved away. Trucks came and took away their furniture. First one and then another. And even even if I could call the doctor somehow, I couldn't take a chance and let him in. Don't you see? He might be him. Him? Mr. Death. I know he's out there. He's trying to get in. He comes to the door and knocks. 
he begs me to let him in. Last week he said he came from the gas company. Oh, he's clever. After that he claimed to be a contractor hired by the city. I knew who he was. Later on, a man knocks on the door and Harold persuades Wanda to open it up and kind of experience the world. Um, as she opens it up, the man just kind of kicks down the door. Yeah, then she, like, opens it a little bit to, like, talk to him, and then she's just like, ah, oh, no thanks, he goes to close the door, he wedges his foot in, and he's just like, ah, that's not gonna happen, and he just kicks it open. She falls on the ground. Yeah. Okay, Corey, one to ten. How, how well does she yeah. take that bomb? How does she take that bomb? I don't even remember. Probably poorly. No, no I thought she did a good job. Poorly. She probably took it on her knees, dude. No, no. she fell. She fell. Yeah, she went like, down. I legit thought that but he was dead. Flat back bump. Yeah. Flat back bump. I would give that bump probably an eight. I don't want to do that. No. No, bumps are rough. Yeah, man. Kind of like Ben refuses to take the bump. I still have that video. I'm still mad about that, dude. I didn't want to fall in the snow. I wasn't going to take, take the bump. Take the bump. Take the bump. The man, yeah. She collapses. I, she took the bomb. She took the bomb, <laughs> yeah. and when she ga- regains consciousness, this, this uh, little ditty of a conversation plays. Mm. Easy, lady. Just lie quiet. You got your strength back. You gave me quite a scare when you caved in like that. You got to understand, ma'am. I I don't get no pleasure out of busting indoors. You don't seem to realize how important this is. I've got a crew and equipment coming in an hour to pull this tenement down. Begging your pardon, ma'am, but it's long overdue. I'm surprised it's still standing. He explains when she awakes that he is from like the zoning committee or like I don't know. He's, he's construction there to tear it down. He's a contractor. Yeah, he's he, there to tear it down. Demolitionist. And, uh, Burn it down. He has a nice monologue um, that basically says like, "I gotta, I gotta tear it down for new life to begin." Yeah. He's just a giant red herring. Like he, every you're supposed he to think he's like death. death. Um, I would play this monologue. But it's pretty ham-fisted, and I want you guys to have yeah. a reason to watch the episode. Ham-fisted? Ham-fisted. You never heard that? I've never it's, heard that. Like it's, ham? He's like, listen, lady, I told you a month ago. You got I told you, like, whatever, an X amount of time ago. You got to get the heck out of this place. And then she goes over to the cop for help. She's like, you're a man of the law. Can't you do something? This is heavily paraphrased. Well, no, she was, she was saying, um... To the officer, she was like, "Why or like, can you explain to him yeah. why I can't go outside?" And uh, the guy's like, "Listen, lady, there's nobody there." Ooh. Ooh. And now we get the twist. Why didn't you help me? I thought you understood.
Robert Redford was deaf the whole time. Uh, he explains. He explains with a friendly smile that he set up the ruse to get her to see that he means no harm. Um, Wanda protests. She doesn't want to die, but then he's like, but you already are. And then he points to her and she's just on the floor. She's on her bed. Yeah, she made it to the bed. No. I think she, I think, oh, I think that she died, like, uh, after she collapsed when the officer had her. Or not the officer, the, uh, construction guy. Yeah, that dude. I think she died after that, before she got up. Maybe. Um, Or after. At that point... Wanda and Harold begin to head off to the afterlife, and he, he uh, reassures her that it is not the end, but just another beginning. Um, they leave the stairs, arm or they arm. go up the stairs, arm in arm, out into the sunlight, leaving the dark of the apartment. And she was smiling and laughing. Yeah. I'm so happy. Uh, I usually don't do this, but I really want to highlight Rod's ending narration, because I think it's the best one they ever do, and maybe up to this point, definitely up to this point. His line, uh, but who discovered in a, in a minute last fragment of her life that there was nothing in the dark that wasn't there when the lights were on? I think it's a really good line. Yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. good. That's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, pretty good. money. Uh, anyway, with that, Rod, take us out. There was an old woman who lived in a room, and like all of us, was frightened of the dark. But who discovered in a minute last fragment of her life that there was nothing in the dark that wasn't there when the lights were on? Object lesson for the more frightened amongst us, in or out, of the Twilight Zone. It is time to move on to general thoughts, your thoughts, but generalized, and the highlight of the show and why we have such a loyal fan base, the themes. Look, I think this is where we're really strong. This in our comedy. More <laughs> 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 funny? <laughs> Definitely not your joke of, mm-hmm. joke of the Week. Joke of the Week's the best part, dude. What are you talking about? Did you even do a joke of the week? Yeah, I he did. did. It was yeah. bad. It was, oh, it was, it was, it was so bad. So bad. Joke. If we were dead, we were dead. If we were dead, we'd be a podcast. There was no joke there. Wait, we could be like Podcasper. Caster. Casper the Friendly mm-hmm. Ghost. Alright. Uh, Are you saying words right now? Theme number one. If we were deaf, we'd be Rod because he's dead. Oh. Uh, right. I just got usurped from Joke of the Week. <laughs> That's sad. You're out of the box. Take her. Bye. Um, this is like a low. This is like a softball for Ashley. I'm, I'm really handing this one to you. Uh, yeah, and probably Tab as well. Oh boy. Uh, death in our culture versus other cultures. Just like this is me. <laughs> I mean, why do you think in our culture specifically, death is like a very? I don't know. I feel like it's it's looked at. In a very frightening manner, but in other cultures, there's definitely it's a celebration. Yes, that's exactly how I would want to put it if I was smart. It's taboo. <laughs> well, I think seeing death as kind of like a negative thing is a very Western ideology. Because if you look at a lot of Western cultures and you look at a lot of non-Western cultures, a lot of non-Western country cultures have more of a celebration. They kind of look um, at person a person's like. Um, life and like how it was an yeah. impact and how and also it was a lot of them believe in an afterlife too. That's yeah. True. We're just all cynical here in America. Well, I think too with the United States is there's such an emphasis of trying to do as much as you can as you live that this it creates kind of this fear of um, you kind of not once you die like not being able to accomplish those goals or like you're trying to do everything 
and death is kind of the only thing that blocks you from doing all those things. This might be a little, like, this might show a little of my privilege, but do you think that because, like, we don't see death on a scale that maybe some other cultures do, that we are less kind of, uh, not, I wouldn't say immune to it, but maybe we have a greater fear and shock when we see it? You're saying the United States? Like, well, or Western culture? Is like, like, Western culture, just because, you know, I feel like in, in maybe poorer nations where maybe some of these other cultures are that... It's not a poor culture. Oh, I, I know that, yeah. That do that. Yeah, maybe it's just my privilege showing. I don't know. I don't even know what you were... Yeah, I have no idea what you were trying to say. I'm trying to say, like... <laughs> I think... What's the point? Do you mean, like, countries with, like, conflicts? Like... Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm just thinking a lot of nations in Africa. I'm, like, thinking about cultures of various tribes and indigenous peoples in different nations in Africa, and I just know from, you know, like, like statistics that mortality is a far different walk of life than it is here. The rate is a lot higher, there's less, you know, access to medicine is more difficult. So you're saying that, like, their lives get cut shorter more often? No, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to say that, well, maybe, but I'm trying to say that maybe that's why they're not, yeah, like, death is gonna be, death is just a part of life. And, and maybe that's what influences that. Kind of like here, but we see it kind of more in a negative light. Like we appreciate—I don't want to say we appreciate life more. I don't really know a lot about like other cultures and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but I know kind of like our culture is—we so kind of see death and dying as like something that's supposed to be somber. Because like yeah. even at funerals, because um, like there's definitely cultures out there that'll celebrate the person's life and it'll be like a big thing. Right, yeah, where, like, like here it's just like a sad thing. We just drop a body in the ground, like. I mean, yeah, but you can argue too. There is uh, this, like not like smaller cultures in the Western world that also celebrate it. Like a lot of uh, like in African American churches, well, that's... they usually have big celebrations more than they have. I didn't want to. I didn't want to like bring race into it. But do you think there's a connection there too? Just because? No, no, not at all. No. I I don't think. I think saying that like the way. I don't know, I think it's a little bit of a stretch, and I think, I don't know if I agree with you completely on the whole, like, African yeah. tribes and stuff like that, because it's, it's kind of ego, e- like, egocentric to look at it that way, because you have to remember, like, they, what we view as tragedy and what we view as, like, certain things, like, they, that's not their daily life, so yeah, you can't compare right. the two things, because what's tragedy to us, they also, you know, have tragedies, and they still mean just as much. This is the real reason I do the podcast, is so I can be respectfully put in my place. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, don't no, apologize. I don't put in his place. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big old racist. It's just, that's just what one of the, you know, it's just one of the main points no. we talk about in anthropology. Yeah, just no. Being, like, trying was... to look at cultures without being, like, <clears throat> So, follow-up mini-question. Excuse me. Because I know you work and do a lot of research in looking into various local Native American indigenous tribes that, that existed yeah. what i mean i know this is definitely a uh first nation by first nation kind of thing mm-hmm. is that the wrong word i'm using what no, would tribe native. be more appropriate? No, native nations yeah native nations i think is a more appropriate word but is there like how did they as opposed to you know white europeans that came here how did, is there any research done on how they like burials and stuff like how just, they yeah like what was treated their, death yeah well, it, there's, you know, there's 700 Native American nations. Right. So, so it's, it's like, a, to be like, all their barriers are the same. No, it's just not. But I know you work with, like, looking into 
I guess now ex- extant, extinct. Native mm, it's not. No, extinct. no, 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 no. That's not. It, they they were kind of like absorbed by Absor- other. Well, yeah, but is there any? Is there any things you like found in from Lancaster? Yeah, like local local um, nations. That's Apologies for my word choice, by the way. <laughs> um, how they treat it. So mainly in my research for my my fellowship is the Lenape, the Susquehannocks, and the Iroquois. But I focused really on the Susquehannocks for a while. I'm trying to think. I don't remember seeing anything about death. I don't remember. I'll Google it. Yeah, it's <laughs> just I, I apologize. I, I don't really remember. No, you're fine. Anything to add from anybody? Are we good to head on to theme number two? Usage of light and shadow. Uh, darkness as a symbol in this Ooh. episode. Okay, so I thought that was really neat. I think one of my favorite parts was, um, I mean, I thought it was kind of weird, but um, where she's telling, what's his name? Harold? The cop? Yes, Harold. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's um, and she was telling him about how she used to be out in the sun and she used to be like young and beautiful and she loved being in the sun and she loved being outside. Um, there's like the, I guess it's coming from like maybe the ceiling or like the window or something, but there is like a ray of sun kind of hitting the ground in this yeah. little patch and she kind of like sets her hand in it as she's talking about, like she's kind of reaching for the sun in a way and kind of like reliving her her past while think, she's stuck in this dark room. I think the uh, the snow outside is a really good choice because it it like kind of makes the sunlight beam off the ground too, mm-hmm. but it also makes her tiny little apartment even more claustrophobic mm-hmm. just because it's the, the darkness kind of feels like crushing. She has a lot of stuff too in her apartment like stacked around so they they could really play with like the shadows and like the irregular shapes too, which I think is Theme number trace Uh, small casts and small sets. Do you like them better than large sets and large casts? Okay, so uh, my sophomore year in high school, I took a humanities class. It was uh, it was I love humanities. It it wasn't like it was just like history and English combined. We covered a lot of literature and stuff from like. Through like the, through like the twentieth century, and at the end of towards the end of the year, we read a. Uh, we went to see, we actually went to see a play in Philadelphia called The Train Driver. Cool. What theater? Just uh, it was I think it was the Lantern Theater. Uh, it's a, it was a small it was a small black box theater. Yeah. Oh, maybe. I go to the Wilma sometimes, but I've definitely heard of the Lantern. Anyway, yeah, but like. The, we had, we had read a play by uh, this author Athol Fugard, and then we and then we saw a different play at the Lambert Theater, The Train Driver. Also by him. Yes. Okay. And uh, if I remember correctly, it was about it was about like the adjustment to the end of apartheid in South Africa. Oh, that's really cool. And and like the consequences and stuff of that, but the set the set was probably. About as long as this room, probably fifteen feet, and just as wide. It was like a square black, but it was like a, it was a black box theater, super small, and the and the cast was two guys the whole time, and it was like 
I mean, I forget, I forget most of the plot points, but it was really, it was really, it it brings you in when you have a when you have a small cast and a small set like yeah. that, and it was just like a really well done professional thing, and it showed me. I really appreciate the fact that like there could be plays that have one or two people in them like that, and it really showed me how. To appreciate that if the story's written well, that it's easy to that it's easy to to be engaged in in a play that small. Like when I saw your short play, there were still there was still like a couple of minor characters, but mm-hmm. like with this, just with uh, with the old woman and Robert Redford's character, and then the one the one building manager guy yeah it was a really small cast that was completely focused on the two of them and the one needed guy for that other scene so they did a really good job of keeping the story succinct with that and keeping it this wasn't my favorite episode but they did keep it somewhat interesting with just the two cast members I think that one of the pros of a small cast and a small set is you have a really intimate setting, mm-hmm. and you have really intimate kind of uh, just things that happen, but one of the drawbacks is that uh, I feel like uh, there's not really much you can do. There's not a ton you can do. And sometimes with the Twilight Zone, I personally think this is great, but sometimes with the Twilight Zone you need to like have kind of big things. Yeah, that was That was my issue with it, but they did a... I think for the 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 plot that was written and everything, they they did a good job with it. I think sorry. No, I think yeah, um, sometimes like with the Twilight Zone though, it's nice to have that because a lot of the times the themes kind of revolve around like psychology, especially mm-hmm. with this one. So it's kind of nice to have that like intimate look into it. I think we can definitely compare this to uh, that one episode we watched, the name is, like, definitely escaping me now. Uh, this was pre-Jamie joining the podcast, but the episode where the guy's at the psychiatrist's office and he keeps having the same nightmare about the mm-hmm. girl. Mm-hmm. Because that was, I mean, that was a small cast, but that's a... Three people? Yeah. Was him, but, the doctor, and then the lady. Yeah, but that was a big set. They had was the amusement cool. park, they had... The car. I've seen the that one. It's a season yeah. one one. Yeah. 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 Look at that. <laughs> Doing her homework. It's gonna bother me now that I don't know the name. Perchance dream. Perchance per dream. Ah, nice. 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 It like just came into my brain right as Connor yeah. was like, I don't know what that's called. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> I know what it's called. <laughs> yeah, because they like go to the haunted house or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, also, an interesting note. Uh, this was directed by the same guy who did Five Characters in Search of an Exit, which is also a very intimate space. So you know, <laughs> literally a bucket. Yeah, it's literally a bucket. <laughs> I think small sets That's are That's the smallest cool. set ever. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Jordan uh, um, Peele, sponsor us. <laughs> this episode comes to you by Get Out. <laughs> oh, I was just going to walk out of the apartment. Uh, sorry, Connor. I didn't mean to bite your bit. Anyway, um, I think the use of a small set can be really interesting because you have to be creative with what you do with it. Because yeah, sure. um, even within having the small set, you have different areas that they focus on. Like, they focus on the door that's kind of, like, one part of the set, and that's kind of, like, its own kind of 
thing. Then you have over by the couch where the cop is lying on, and then you have her bed. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, the, I guess, like, by the sink or whatever. That's, like, another area. But those are, like, the only shots. And then, um, because the the one scene when the dude first gets there, not the, the cop, the other dude, the second guy. Um, where was I going with this? Uh, after she wakes up again and she's in the bed they have like that conversation um and the cop doesn't even talk at all because he's, he's not even like on screen he's not even like in yeah. the picture he's not in that part of the room so like it, even with a small set you can make it feel kind of bigger mm-hmm. with uh angles and kind of focusing on different spots rather than like the whole thing how do you guys like the technical aspects of this like the i'm sure they did the the mirror trick that we saw earlier in A Passage for Trumpet, where it's like a window instead mm-hmm. of a mirror when they need it to be, but, um... Well, that, that was obviously a mirror. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, he, he just wasn't in the shot. Oh, yeah. 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 They just get him out of the bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they got his <laughs> twin. Wow. Everybody. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, did you... I thought that was pretty cool. Good, good technical stuff from the boys. <laughs> Clearly not good Literally things Literally wasn't there. Uh, fourth and final theme... Would we call this a darker episode or one of the lighthearted episodes? That I feel like it's. Are we finishing? No, I was just thinking. Like, I guess the only kind of light episode episode we've done up to this point was probably Passage for Trumpet, right? Is there another kind of lighthearted episode? It's gonna maybe mute. <laughs> no. It's <laughs> not lighthearted. Would we call Would we call Rams McGrew lighthearted? No, because he's a slave at the end. <laughs> oh yeah. No. <laughs> Where's Ford? What about the man in the bottle? Yeah, that was yeah, a that happened. Yeah, yeah. episode. So. Like, I would say this is a lighthearted episode, because, like, even though she dies in it, it's not like it's a horrible death or anything. Like, they make it seem like such a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think that I think that the overall tone of the episode, despite the message at the end, is kind of darker, though. Because they, they do a good job of playing on your playing on your emotions and expectations, and, like, it's supposed to be spooky. And they, I I was a little bit spooked at the beginning because there was just they did a good job of building yeah. up suspense. It was creepy. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. There's definitely like a sense of unease uh-huh. like, throughout the episode mm-hmm. because like you don't. I mean, you know who Death is. You have a pretty good sense of it, but like mm-hmm. you you don't know for certain, and you're kind of like on edge with um, Wanda. That's her name. I think. I think. This episode, um, it's kind of like family-friendly horror, if yeah. that makes sense. Because it's like it's scary, but at the end, it's like, oh, it's, it's kind of a happy ending. But it, if you, the more you think about it, it's like, well, she did die, and like you know, it's but it's not as horrible as she made it out to be. Yeah, it's also it's also one of the nicer messages the Twilight Zone gives because like monsters are doing Maple Street is like, oh, you know your neighbors are gonna turn against you in, in this event and you're it's every man for himself like you know it's very uh, we were talking about this tonight it would be very kind of like every man for himself very like Kantian uh, morality would be more Hobbes yeah Hobbes yeah, no, you're right I was like, cause Kant is right, by the law by the law it'd be more Hobbesian I love Hobbes uh, <laughs> I just remember because Hobbes are the bad guys in um, Fable that's the only reason I know cause they're chaotic goblins I remember that's awesome yeah but um yeah like this like man in the bottle the message is like be happy with what you got because you never know if it's gonna be there the next day and then this was like you know 
death does happen and you shouldn't be afraid it's just natural and there's always as long as you believe in something afterwards who knows what happens you know so I mean I mean I see what you're saying there I just feel like that you can't ignore the tone of the first 21 minutes of the episode before that final release of the tension at the end I mean it's dark but it lets up yeah. I would still call this a lighthearted episode towards the end. It's not like ha 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 a good time the way that episodes like Kick the Can are and episodes like ugh, God, there's one about baseball that I can't wait till we get to. <laughs> it's, a, it's a poop show. But um, you know, it's got kind of that so happy ending. It feels Christmassy almost. <laughs> like yeah. something really oh, bad and then everything kinda happens out nicely. We need a Hanukkah episode of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm feeling marginalized. Jordan <laughs> Peele sponsor us and give us a give us Hanukkah a, themed give episode. Give us a Jewish episode. Hanukkah Goblin Twilight Zone yeah. episode. Alright, before we get into our general thoughts in terms of uh, what we liked about this episode and what we didn't like. Our thoughts, but generalized. We're going to Corey Arnold, our wrestling Sorry. specialist, wrestling <laughs> analyst, and wrestling god. Wait, I thought it was Flamingo something or other. Oh, Scotty Flamingo. Oh my god, the jingle. Do, 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 do. What is your connection to the <laughs> So, uh, this rolled around Mr. Death. Who is more Mr. Death in wrestling than The Undertaker? Probably Dr. Death, Stevie Richards. Stephen Williams. Uh, <laughs> oh! You got correct, son. I got Nene. So, uh,. There's uh, the woman will be Paul Bear, okay? <laughs> we got the Great American Bash, two thousand eight. Yes, so yes. It seems like Undertaker, much like Deathman, was helping Paul Bear or Wanda, but then at the end, the Undertaker killed Paul Bearer anyway. He buried <laughs> him in cement. Yes, he did pour a cement truck on Supp- him, uh, uh, apparently killing him, just like Mr. Death did to Wanda. So, wow. yeah. so we're watching the Great Wrestling American Bash 2005. Bro, been there, done that. Specifically, Undertaker versus the Dudley. The, gr- the greatest main event, right, in the history Incredible. of wrestling. Did you watch that main event after this? No, no, I have homework to do. Nat time. <laughs> it is nat time. Uh, moving on to the collective. Ooh. Oh, that's so sad. The collective. Ooh. Ooh. Moment of the week. We do not have a winner because we kind of restarted for season four. Yes, yeah, so I think the collective moment of the week because we don't have a winner. I would say obviously my my one is when she takes the bump. Obviously, oh, yeah. it, it can't yeah, be yeah, anything other than that. The bump, like, either that or when she dies. Yeah, or the death. <laughs> that, that, no, that's that is the least of death I've ever yeah. seen. I think the bump was more humiliating. The moment is more him kicking the door open and knocking her over. That is both the oof and the oops. Yeah, so does she oof when the door gets kicked open, or oof when she hits the ground? When she hits the when ground. When she hits the ground. Oof. You know, it's, it's like a laugh oof. track oof. over yeah, this Yeah, it can be oof, oof. Oof, oof. <laughs> first <laughs> ever double oof. Whoa. Whoa. You have to put that in. <laughs> Do you know how many times I had to put that in for the Black Mirror episodes? Whoa. About ten. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> so good. Alright, back to general thoughts, your thoughts, but generalized. What did, did we like this episode? Did we not like this episode? What Can did I go we like? First? What did we dislike? Yeah, please, start the ball rolling. Okay, this was diddly bop kiss, right? <laughs> what? So, uh, 
What can you say that in English, please? Let me describe. Let me describe to you the first like 15, 16 minutes of the episode. I'm shot. Open the door. No. I'm shot. Open the door. No. Yes. Open the door. No. Okay, he's inside. Call me a doctor. No. Give me a doctor. No. Go somewhere else. No. No. And then the contractor comes and something happens. This is I. This literally could be an episode of the Big or. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> and this would be an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. This episode wishes. It's always sunny. Yes. Isn't there an episode of Always Sunny where someone gets shot? I feel like yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, but it probably happens all the time. Yeah. Probably Charlie <laughs> coming yeah. in yelling, and like Frank's like, no. I don't Frank is always shooting his gun off. Yeah, Frank is always shooting. We're big. It's Charlie gets shot on the street and it goes to Frank, and Frank's like, "No, I have a woman here. I have a woman." Incredible. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Season thirteen starting soon. Please sponsor us. Please, please, Charlie. I'm a Philadelphia native, so you are kind of legally obligated to. And I'm not. <laughs> That's. Don't say that. I'm ruining our chances. Danny DeVito, sponsor us, please. Um, but in a serious note, I disagree with you. I think, I think the episode was just kind of slower, and I think, but I think it pulled it off. I was oh yeah, yeah, I was more yeah, focused yeah, on my chili than the episode. The uh, the ending was very good, but it it just couldn't make up for 15 minutes of nothing. Fair enough. I agree. Fair enough. I don't know. I I've, I've always loved this episode, so maybe it's like a nostalgia slash like. Well, I've never seen it, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, bring us here. I think here. it had Tell a lot more. going for it. I like, do, too. The monologues were great. The cinematography was great. The chemistry between, you know, Wanda and Harold mm-hmm. was pretty oh, good. Oh, yeah. Gladys Just call him Robert Redford. Robert Redford and Gladys Cooper killed it. Their, yeah, their acting was really good. He was really good looking. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over it. They were watching it earlier, and I was just like... Gosh, he yeah, is dude. really attractive. So fun. Who's our biggest Twilight Zone band? Him. Robert yeah. Redford. Him, dude. But, like, well, no, it's here. always going to have to be Rod Serling. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, Rod Serling, like, usurps everyone. He's our main. He's not even... Look, where does Rod Serling? <laughs> where does Rod Serling? <laughs> Rod Serling's going to be my poor name. <laughs> oh. oh with your Sterling Rod. Ooh. Oh, man. We have a thinker with us tonight. Big think. Big think. Big think, Spike Jeff. Yeah, but like, I don't think anyone will beat Rod Sterling or Robert Redford in terms of babe. Maybe the chick from... Uh, uh, come wander with me. She come wander right? with me. She was yeah, she was, yeah. She was like yeah, off-world, like... Otherworldly. Otherworldly. Yeah, that's the word. I was the like other... Before. The chick from... Um, God, what was that other episode? Oh, uh, Perchance to Dream, also up there. She was kind of spooky, though. Yeah, but like That's in a cool way. She was hot. She was like spooky yeah. in a hot way. She no, was I a man, babe. Yeah. I am both so. intimidated and aroused by her. <laughs> so. we, had, we had a dry spell of Twilight Zone babes up until this point. Yeah. I can't remember. He, he was like an ocean. <laughs> what about, well, Jamie, has you, other than Robert Redford, any Twilight Zone babes since you joined the project? I don't think Midnight Sun, she was a babe. Rance McGrew. Oh, yeah. Rance McGrew. Oh, 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 oh. He's in the voice club. The greatest episode. He is the, the greatest man. I'm surprised that didn't net net you the first ten. Didn't it? You got a nine. You gave it a nine. Something held you back. Yeah. 
You really should watch that in your free time, Jamie. It's a it's a hoot and a holler. It's horrible. It's so it's so funny. funny. It's Don't so listen to her. It's so good. It's like a guy thing. It's like the Three Stooges. Maybe. Yeah. My mom hates the Three Stooges. Yeah. Shout out to Rebecca. Lamb. Rebecca. My dad loves it. Shout out to Rebecca Flam. Um, anyway, with that, does anyone have anything else to add before we move on to our next segment? What's our next segment? My name's Jeff. Okay. Uh, Alright. Uh, next we have Bios and Trivia. This was written by George Clay Johnson. First of four Twilight Zones he's Twilight Zones he's gonna write. He wrote the screenplay Logan's Run. Wait, you said Clay Johnson? George Clay Johnson. I'd rather have a Steel Johnson. There's <laughs> a diver with that name. Okay. <laughs> like, that's a legit person with the name Steel Johnson. Why'd you want Steel Johnson, dude? Oh, yeah, that would hurt. I would rather have, like, wouldn't hurt me. Who's that gonna I would rather have, like, a Nylon Johnson. You know? yeah. 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 Johnson. <laughs> like a P. <laughs> ah. I, my, yeah, okay. <laughs> he wrote the first ever episode of Star Trek, and Ooh. he wrote the book Ocean's Eleven. Which too bad it wasn't Ocean State. Mm. Really, I'm just film. I I love strong women. I it really need to go in that cast sh- of that movie. It's a shame that they're not in real life. How dare you? Don't you dare talk about Rihanna like that. I love some feathers. Robin Rihanna Fenton is doing so much right now. She is. <laughs> I, I love Ocean's 8 too. too. I was making a joke. Who else was in it? Kate Blanchett. Uh, uh, the Jim from Glenn. Deandra. Which one? She always plays the therapist. Um, Aqua, Aqua something is her name, I think. No, Aqua not. No, Aquafina's in it. Yeah, Aquafina. She, Aquafina. She's no, no, no. So, why am I it's thinking not Aquafina. Her name is Aquafina? No. That's the one. I know what you're talking about. It's not her real name. Oh, okay. But she's, um... Yeah, she's like a. She was really good in it. She's like a YouTube sensation. Why would you name yourself Aquafina? Oh, Sandra Bullock's Aquafina. Yeah, Hathaway. Yeah. There's so many good women in this movie. It's a great movie. It's a great. I love this movie. I. It's a great film. This was directed by Lamont Johnson. This is two of eight episodes he did. He also, as I previously mentioned, did five characters in search of an exit. So are we high on Mr. Johnson? Yes. I love Mr. Johnson. I love me some Johnson. I, I'm pretty high on Johnson. I like him too. Yeah, so Jamie and I are on the up and up with Johnsons. Um, what about the rest of you guys? I think Ash is batting two for two on liking Johnson episodes. I can't speak for the rest of you, so... I mean, no, I, I kind of hated it. speak for me? Because you told me that you liked this episode. Right. I kind of hated it at first, but, like, I don't hate it as much now. That's what I like to hear. So, yeah, that's a thing. I still hate it. Right there with you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to the actors. Gladys Cooper played Wanda. She passed away. Guess how long she lived after this episode was Seven minutes. Filmed. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, Another 30 years? 15 years. She died in 75 after this. She was born in the 19th century, so... Wow, that's she's impressive. A, uh, she was in My Fair Lady, the 1940s. Oop, that was my pencil. Well, how, old was she, how old was she when she did this role? She was probably in her... 60s, right? 60s, yeah. You said 12 years, right? 15. 15. Okay, so she was 60. She looked older, but that much... She yeah. did. That's the makeup. Um... Yeah, she's huge. She was like a 
like golden age of Hollywood actress, the twenties, thirties, forties. She was huge, like world renowned star. It's incredible they knitted her. This is the first of three Twilight Zones we'll be seeing her in. Uh, Robert Redford as Harold. He was in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. He plays the Sundance Kid, one of the best uh, westerns of all time. In the nineteen seventies, Great Gatsby. He is the Great Gatsby. And in All the President's Men, he plays Bob Woodard. Uh, this is his only appearance in The Twilight Zone. Unfortunate. Rob- that Unfortunate. is so sad. I'm going to go watch Winter Soldier. Robert Redford. <laughs> this is so sad. Alexa played Despacito. This is... Yeah. This is this is awesome. He, he's great in this. Um, and then R.G. Armstrong as the contractor. you think they would have gotten a Joe Schmo for this role. Uh, he's General Phillips in Predator, the best movie of all time. <laughs> and he's also Pruneface in Dick Tracy, which is a pretty great film. Uh, this is his only appearance in The Twilight Zone. They had a lot of big-name people for this episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. all three of them. <laughs> it was a sparse week for trivia. IMDb had nothing. nothing. And I don't have my Mark Scott Zickery book with me on campus. Mm-hmm. But Martin Grahams Jr. came in clutch. Uh, this was supposed to be a season two episode, but this and another episode I love called The Grave got pushed back to season three. Robert Redford hated this episode. He thought he was terrible in it, and when they when they had the preview screening for the actors, after it was over, he left the room without saying a word. Funny man. Uh, Rod loves this episode, and the costume designer uh, said that it was perfect. But now we can move on to what ripped this off. Or what did this rip off? Um, what was that movie? We watched a clip from it the first week in philosophy. Ooh, The Seventh Seal. Where yeah. He's playing chess with death. Very astute observation, my film buff friend. <laughs> I know. You're a film buff. <laughs> That's okay. We'll turn you into one yet. Uh, I'm easily amused. I don't know if I could ever be a proper film buff because I would just like every movie I watch. That's <laughs> yeah, <it's> great. <laughs> I mean, you're just, you might as well just write for Roger Ebert. Take that, Roger Ebert. They like every movie. Hey. Um, hey. What was hey. I say? Oh, oh totally up. Up, totally. I, I got an up vibe from this. Old man. I mean, I got a down vibe from this guy. Uh, hey. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. He's pretty much funny. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just, it reminded me a lot of up. How so? Yeah. Old man, dying, sure. has to leave his home, just sure. like her. So he goes to South America with a small child and a bird. Sure. And a talking dog. <laughs> they meet the bird right and in the South dog America. In South America. How dare you talk about Kevin like that? But it's a lot It's a lot to do with getting old and kind of uh, feeling lonely and kind of coming to terms with that life isn't forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, were you, you going to dispute me? Oh, I was just going to say I've never seen Up. <gasps> what? I'm not Corey Dude, that's the best Pixar movie. It's my favorite. That is literally what one of the best movies of all time. It got nominated. Yeah. Didn't it get nominated for Best Picture? No. No. Way. Not animated. Probably animated. It won Best Animated Picture. Corey, we need to watch that this weekend. Like, it's decided. That was a really good movie. I cry every single time. Oh, it's a super Within the first, like, second. I cry laughing near the end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. 
Any scene with just the dogs in it is just hilarious. Oh, dog is the greatest. Squirrel! Yeah, dude, there's a pup in the... It's all... There's so many pups! Dude, get an all It has a 98% of Rotten Tomatoes. Well, he's like... I don't want to spoil it for Papa. Yeah, no, you need... It's so good. I mean, I know his wife dies and he dies. He doesn't die. He doesn't die. Oh. Watch it this weekend. Shoot! I know he has a small boy with him. Yes, he does. Russell. Balloons. Yep. Are Lots in, of balloons. Are involved. <laughs> yeah. of you kind of just described the plot of it. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> another um, another. Oh God, up and it are the same movie. <laughs> Connor, what were you gonna say? Uh, another movie with only two letters. Oh, oh yeah! I wow. See, I see. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else I got vibes from. Up oh, was that? Hey, Encyclopedia oh, Connor coming in hot. Up was actually nominated for Best Picture. No way. Whoa. Yes. That's it's in 2010. Obviously, it didn't it, win. It didn't win because. What won that year? Uh, I think that was The Hurt Locker. Ah, uh, The Hurt Locker's a great movie, too. Never watched it. Yeah, it was 2010. <laughs> you have a connection? Yes, I do. Okay, so I thought of this um, as we were watching the movie. Or, yeah, we were watching it. I thought of. Edgar Allan Poe's The Mask of Red Death. Just because... Oh! Because they personify death in The Mask of Red Death. If you haven't known, it's just a story about... I love that story. It's like the plague, right? Yeah, it it represents the plague, but it's an actual person who, at the the strike of midnight, ends up killing everybody. Very creepy. I did, an, I did an indoor percussion show based on Mask of the Red That's Death. so That's cool. Creepy. I it wish was, I could have seen that. Yeah, uh, it was bad. I'm not showing oh. you it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we watch it anyway? No. <laughs> but just just how both personified death, I guess, would be. Uh, what was here? Oh, moving in the music world, which we don't usually do. I've been listening a lot to Good Kid, Mad City, which is a Kendrick Lamar record, which deals a lot about kind of... There's a lot of themes about getting out of the low-income neighborhood in Compton he was living in. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of themes about kind of, like, escaping death and how death is always a figure because he's always running with... He's running with the guys sometimes and they're robbing stuff. Or, you know, he's, you know, getting jumped right before he goes to hook up with his girlfriend. And I just think, like... I don't know. There's a lot of different records that personify death, but I just got some kind of neato... Kendrick Lamar vibes. There's a lot of spirituality in this and in Kendrick Lamar's album as well. So I was just kind of drawing that connection. Yeah. Maybe The Shining. <laughs> that was just a... That was just a let me toss it out there. <laughs> Definitely not The Shining. Defend it. Defend The Shining? Defend, defend that um, this is The Shining. Well, Death's always around the corner. Uh, I can't really do it. John Child. <laughs> Child. Do you, were you going to say John Chena? I said, here's Johnny, oh my god, Johnny, Johnny. Johnny, Johnny. That's the intro music for this week, guys. I'm spoiling it. Why? Alright, let's do... (laughs) So so they're going to have to listen this far to know why Johnny, Johnny is the intro music? Yes. Uh, That's that's how we weed out our fake fans. If they can stick past Johnny, Johnny, they'll be here. (laughs) Ratings. So, let's do kind of a new fun thing. Guess what this has on IMDb? Seven. Oh. Higher. Like an eight. Eight. 8.5. <laughs> good. Uh, this places this at number 19 out of 156. Wow. Really? Of the highest, this is in the top 20 for highest rated episodes of The Twilight Zone. I'm going to go first. I'm giving this episode a 10. Oh. Out of 10. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, 
I'm in love with this episode. I'm leaving it for I'm leaving Ashley for it. Um, That's fair. I mean, Robert, Robert Redford's Redford. in it. Ah, I would also leave myself damn. for him. <laughs> um, yeah, I just it, it kind of got me emotional earlier. I don't know. I just felt like kind of chills watching it. So. Maybe it was the anger I had at Sugar Bowl for messing up my order. There's a there's a sub in the fridge, guys. By the way, that's whoever wants it. Did. It's like a steak what sandwich. Steak sandwich, lettuce, tomato, and mayo. Ew, never mind. All right. Well, yeah, I'm all, right. all right, all right. All right. I'm, okay. I'm trying to lose weight, and I had to order Domino's instead because the kitchen was a bit of a mess, so I'm a little salty about that. And, anyway, it's anyway. a 10. It's a 10 for me. It's a 10. It's a, 10. It's a no for me, dog. All right, Ashley. <laughs> Ashley. I'm going to also give this episode a 10. Whoa. Whoa. Um, I really liked it. I really liked Robert Redford or whatever his name is. Robert he's, Daddy. He, honestly, um, but on a serious note, I really like this. Like this was the first Twilight Zone I watched where I actually felt like suspense and I felt like, oh gosh, like what's gonna happen? And um, you didn't feel that for black leather jackets. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best episode. Um, oh, I, I forgot about that episode. Um, oh, I'll never forget. <laughs> never forget. Never forget black leather jackets. Wasn't that one of the ones that didn't make it? What? Didn't no, we do that one? No, it's up there. Yeah, we have. No, we did that one. Oh, we're not watching that again. It's yeah. up there. <laughs> um, it's just Wars Four that's going to have to be redone. It's mm. really important to say about the episode. Now I can't remember. Um, something um, about it made you feel suspenseful. Oh, it reminds me of when I used to write scary stories. Like it's just very classical scary and like classical twist. Yeah, and I really, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Edgar Allan Poe and like the fascination with death is just so interesting to me and to see how kind of they looked at it in the 60s and stuff is kind of cool. Alright, Tabitha. I like this episode. I thought it was very boring. I was just not interested in the episode. Again, I was more interested in the chili that I was eating at the time <laughs> than the episode itself. Um, Fair enough. I'm giving it a 4.8. 4.8? 4.8. I was just going to give it a straight up 4 but we talked about how hot Robert Redford is. Yeah, so Robert Redford is only worth point eight in your book. No, he probably no he's worth all of it. <laughs> he's everything but the point eight. <laughs> all right, Jamie. I'm hopping on the ten train. Oh, yeah. Whoa. 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 Um, I just think like for what it was, it was really good. It's like a really good mid-century take on kind of our perception of death and how we kind of treat it as this big scary thing, but it's just, you know, we shouldn't fear the unknown. Don't fear the Reaper. Yeah. That's one of my favorite songs. Why is that not the intro music this week? It will be, if I remember. I was supposed to do Cigaro's last week and I did Kendrick instead. (laughs) Whoops. So, I didn't really like this when I watched it, but like, as we talked about it, I thought about it more and it was... It was better, but, like, it didn't really do too much for me. That's just probably my cold, unloving heart, but I'll give it a seven. <laughs> seven God, is pretty... Seven is, like, lukewarm loving. Seven's a pretty good score. It's a passing grade. All right, Corey. Barely. Does this, does this get you going, or is this a going? It was just so boring and repetitive. Like, I... Netflix on mobile is, like, a skip ten seconds thing. I did that while she was saying, no, you're not coming in un- un- uh, until she brought him in. So I'm going to give it a three. Ooh. <laughs> like, the ending was good and all, but like it just couldn't make up for the rest. And the average 
A seven point four. Seven point five. Seven point five. I didn't. I, I don't have the right significant. You don't have Listen, I have a lot of significant figures. Sig figs. Sig figs. So seven point five. Pretty middle of the road for uh, our standards. We 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 skew towards the positive side. Uh, so you guys thought black leather jackets was bad. Next week we're going to season five for an episode that I can only describe as a whole lot worse. Mm. <laughs> oh, hot uh, garbage! Ready. It is called me? From Agnes <coughs> with Love. The season five episode. Has anyone in here seen it other than me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Everybody can be eligible for Twist of the Week. Ooh. James Elwood, master programmer in charge of Mark five hundred two seven four one. Commonly known as Agnes, the world's most advanced electronic computer. Machines are made by men for man's benefits and progress. But when man ceases to control the products of his ingenuity and his imagination, he only not he not only risks losing the benefits, but he takes a long and unpredictable step into the twilight zone. The computer falls in love with him and tries to kill him. So we're gonna watch her. No, it's gonna be that other one, Ex Machina. I think it's going to be that movie where the guy plays chess with the computer and starts World War whatever. Oh, War Games. Okay. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> You've got so many Connor, Connor's saying that he falls in love with... No, the computer falls in love with him somehow. Because he somehow programs him to do that because he's like that feeling with no girlfriend. <laughs> Same. Again, so we're watching her. Okay. And Tabitha then... says they're going to have a nuclear fallout. Like War Nuclear... Or nuclear. 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 What? I said my dad says nuclear too. Something to George Bush when you do that. On the ex machina route is that he's gonna think that she's in love with him, and at the end she's gonna use it for nefarious purposes, i.e., taking over the world or something like that. Okay. Interesting. Can I? Can I win? No. Okay, so you're talking about some, like, electrical hacker man type thing? Hacker like man! Who, like, screws up? Is that what I'm getting, you're, uh, I'm getting not, out there? Listen, your interpretation is your interpretation. Well, well, no, but like, is that what the summary said, basically? Something like that-ish. No. Stepped no, away. He's, like, yes, a, yeah, he's a computer guy. He's a programmer. He's a programmer. You know what Okay, 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 listen. Programming, computers, electricity, shock. So we're going with... <laughs> The Shockmaster. The Shockmaster. Him stepping into the Twilight Zone is when he fell through the prop door or whatever. So Wrestling's finest moment. So we're watching Clash of the Champions 24. Jamie, you have the final chance. <laughs> it's hard because Detroit Become Human has so many different endings. <laughs> Don't spoil. Ash and I still need to finish that game. I haven't finished it either. But, um. Hmm. I guess she's gonna become sentient in a way and like have thoughts and feelings and be like, why can't I be a real boy? And the winner. That's myself that question every day. The individual who will be leading oof moment of the week next week, Connor Buckley. Yeah. Oh. We are watching her a romance episode. I was oh. telling you, uh, you, you hear the name Agnes, it's like, oh, that's such a sexy name. That's <laughs> not. It sounds like an old for the woman 60, in Kansas. For the sixties, though. Old woman in Kansas. Literally, Agnes. Not for me. Agnes. 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 
All right, the question of the week. We're getting a little serious. Oh, God. Any close encounters with death that you're legally allowed to share? Oh, yeah, I have, I have several. I have so many. I have not All of mine have happened in a car. None of them were my fault. So, uh, should I just yeah, jump go right for in? It. Happens every time somebody doesn't wear a seatbelt. <laughs> oh. Uh, so I was in high school at the time. It was my senior year. I was I was driving home because we had an open campus, so I was allowed to leave for lunch, and I didn't have anything the period after lunch, so I would just go home for like two hours. It was great. Uh, so I was coming down one of the side streets, and it is a one-way street going down, and um, the streets crossing it all have stop signs crossing it, but they're all uphill as well. So I was coming down the street, you know, just doing my own thing, just trying to get home. And all of a sudden, this car comes up one of the streets and runs the stop sign. So I'm, like, in the intersection, and he stops, like, right before he hits me. <gasps> and they were coming, because since I was coming down the street, they were coming up, so they would have hit me. Like, their their car was right next to the driver's door. Like, if he did not stop, I would have died that day. And then I just glared at him and kept driving, so it was <laughs> Like when I was born, um, my mom, I guess it was mine too, but um, the umbilical cord got wrapped around my neck. So <laughs> the, the, the old Kurt Cobain from the start. <laughs> Wait, oh, how is no. that Kurt Cobain? I don't know. I was just he thinking, he shot, shot himself. himself. It's the same thing. <laughs> no, it's no, not. They all went in the same place. Yeah, I was I was a genetic screw up as a child too. I had some like, weird. <laughs> I'm still a genetic <laughs> screw up. <laughs> I, had, I had some weird thing that almost killed me when I was a kid, but uh, solid. Knock on wood, nothing nothing has aged. There were there were at least three times in the past two years when I would go to cross go to cross at Frederick Street to go to the V Pack, and some and some dumb person was on their phone, and I almost got hit. Yeah, that, that happens a lot. That happens a lot, but like... Don't text and drive, kids. It's like, illegal. Like, I, one time I had to jump, and the guy, like... The guy was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, bruh. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is not epic. <laughs> it was totally not epic. Corey, I mean, you, we all joke about wanting to get hit by cars, but, like, when it no, comes it to that... Sucks. We it don't sucks. actually want to get hit, get hit by cars. Car yeah, probably. That's the Ben Lamp hot take of the day. <laughs> Um, I mean, I almost get killed by idiots driving and walking all the time, so, like... <laughs> killed by idiots walking? <laughs> it's just, like, no, power walking while, while I'm walking <laughs> just like or driving. Just like that scene in Get Out. Get Out sponsor us in theaters. Get Out. Last year. <laughs> Last year. Oscar-nominated movie, Get Out. Uh, Ashley? Oscar should have won movie, Get Out. We have to say it. We can have this conversation off so We have to say air. it to get sponsored. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, sexiest man alive, voted by Rock Squad, Jordan Peele. I was going to say Robert Redford. Yeah, I was going to say Robert Redford. It's our sponsor. <laughs> we talked the entire Robert Redford sponsors, oh, Robert please. Well, he's not going to listen to the whole episode. It's the start and the end. <laughs> Ashley, your story? Alright, well, um, I'm a natural poet, so I've almost died a lot of times. Um, but my most like strong one that I remember is we were at the beach, and I had 
a boogie board because I thought I could do it. That was nice. cool. Yeah, it was really awesome. It had like two dolphins on it. It was really weird. Um, anyway, I was trying to boogie board and I was not very good at it. And I just remember getting hit by a wave and flipping and my head hit the ground in the sand. Ooh. And then I just kept spinning and spinning and it got to the point where I had two thoughts. The one thought being, I don't know which way is up because I was spinning so much. And, bubbles, dude. Gotta look for the bubbles. And I was also thinking to myself, like, wow, I'm actually gonna die. Like, this is it. Like, this, this is where it's got me. Yikes. And then I blacked out and I woke up on them. Damn. Yeah. I'm alive. I feel Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> that, that, that surf isn't anything to mess with. No. Yeah, no. I, I almost got caught in a riptide one time, and it was no bueno. Didn't do it. I fell out of a whitewater raft one time. So, this is kind of just my luck, but when you're falling out of a whitewater raft, you're supposed to, like, float on your back, because if you, if your legs get stuck in one of the rocks, yeah, you'll drown. Um, but I fell off on the only rapid where it had a weird undertow, so what happened was I fell out, and then it sucked me under, just because of, like, the way, and then shot me out, like, 20 yards. It was crazy. <laughs> that sounds kind of funny. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, not for me in yeah. the moment, but in hindsight, yeah. I haven't had a thrill since. But you know, it's always a thrill. The Rod Squad. The internet's freshest Twilight Zone podcast. Jamie, how can they connect with us? Through Twitter. At the Rod Squad 22. And Tumblr. At the Rod Squad. Rod Squad. The Rod Squad. The Rod Squad. There's no E. You can also reach us on our official Facebook page, The Rod Squad, where we send messages. I will chat with you online about various things. Um... Yeah. Oh, and, and you can email us too. Yes. Good. There we go. At the Rod Squad ten twenty two at gmail dot com. That email again, the Rod Squad twenty two at gmail dot com. Send us requests for things to cover. In terms of bonus episodes going forward, I only have one more, and that's the film Poltergeist at some point. But uh, yeah, for real, send us stuff. We'll cover it. We're like uh, the used car salesman of. Uh, <laughs> Podcast. We'll do anything for you if it means we get you listening. <laughs> um, yeah, so thanks guys for joining us, and we'll see you in two weeks for From Agnes. <laughs>